Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Series Global AG Second Quarter Results Earnings Call for the three-month period ended December 31st, 2020. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. After management's remarks, this call will include a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has difficulties hearing the conference, you may press star zero for operator assistance at any time. I'd like to remind everyone that today's discussion may contain forward-looking statements that reflect current views with respect to future events. Any such statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking statement. For more information on series risks and uncertainties related to these forward-looking statements, please refer to the company's management's discussion and analyst, which is available on CDAR and on the company's website. I'd now like to turn the call over to Robert Day, CEO of Series Global. AG, please go ahead, Mr. Day. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone. Joining me today is Jay Byerly, our Chief Financial Officer. Earlier this morning, we released our second quarter financial results. These results reflect the benefits of our efforts to diversify, expand, and strengthen our business over the past several years. Second quarter results also reflect the excellent job by our team in executing and taking advantage of opportunities created by market volatility. I would also like to highlight that this was a very solid quarter financially. We realized strong volumes and revenues, and importantly, it was one of our more profitable quarters to date. That being said, the second quarter of last year was a record quarter, due in part to exceptionally high vessel exports. By comparison, opportunities to export product by vessel have been limited thus far in fiscal 2021 as the U.S. has been less competitive versus Canada due to higher rail freight prices in the U.S. as a a result of strong soybean and corn trade to China off the Pacific Northwest and through the Gulf of Mexico. Again, highlighting our strong execution and the benefits of our ongoing diversification and expansion efforts, the team navigated markets and volatility effectively and recent acquisitions enabled us to drive volume through our North American supply chains more competitively, offsetting some of the revenue opportunities lost because of the high-priced U.S. rail freight costs that negatively impacted U.S. cereal grain export competitiveness from the Great Lakes. Looking at the contributions from each of our segments, in the grain segment, we handled and traded around 28 million bushels of grain and oil seeds during the quarter, which was a slight increase over the second quarter of last year, despite significantly fewer exports by vessel. Wheat and oats were highlights as the team supplied a significant amount of volume to our customers in the U.S. and Mexico and profited from market volatility by timing purchases and sales effectively. I'm also happy to point out that during the quarter, we successfully completed the integration of the Nicklin Siding Grain Elevator in Ridgedale, Saskatchewan that was acquired partway through the first quarter. Adding to our origination capabilities of core products and allowing us to provide flexibility and solutions to our end-use customers. In our supply chain services segment, industrial product and fertilizer volumes were strong. Demand came largely from the U.S. home building sector for oriented strand board and from Canadian distributors compiling fertilizer inventories ahead of the spring season. 
Natural gas liquid volumes through Gateway Energy Terminal were lower than a year ago due to low crude oil prices and lower oil production in Western Canada. However, gross margins for the segment came in as expected, although slightly lower than second quarter of last year. And in our seed and processing segment, soybean crush margins were up significantly from last quarter due to a slightly better margin environment and well-timed soybean purchases. In addition, this year's soybean crop quality is higher than last year, resulting in better yields and margins. The area of specialty crop blending, including bird feed manufacturing, has been experiencing record volumes due to demand supported by customer behavior changes, spending more time at home due to COVID-19. And the seed business, which benefits from partnerships with Savita International and Horizon Seeds Canada for the sale and distribution of soybean and corn seed products in Western Canada, respectively, has been actively selling product and will continue to do so over the coming months. We are encouraged by progress made thus far. However, seed sales across Western Canada are slower than normal for this time of year due to minimal snow cover and soil moisture, which is delaying farmer decisions about what to plant. Revenues and gross margins for the seed business will primarily be realized and recognized in the fourth quarter of our fiscal year, which is from April to June. Overall, I'm very proud of the way in which our team performed during the quarter and the results we achieved. I'm also looking forward to sharing some remarks on our outlook for the balance of the year. But first, I would like to turn the call over to Jay to review our financial results. Jay? Thank you, Bob, and good morning, everyone. I'll discuss our second quarter financial performance and then provide an update on our balance sheet and liquidity. Before I get started, just a reminder that all dollar amounts expressed in today's call are on U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. Also, I would like to point out that the second quarter was the first full quarter of contributions from the Nicklin Siding Facility acquired back in September. We had a solid, profitable quarter with EBITDA of $4.3 million and net income of $1.3 million. Although our results were lower than prior year quarter EBITDA of $5.8 million and net income of $2.3 million, we had strong results in one of our better quarters. Our results for Q2 of this year were impacted by lower export merchandising and margin opportunities compared to Q2 of last year, but stronger results across most product lines and business segments, along with lower costs, helped helped to deliver good results for the quarter. Revenue for the quarter was $175 million, which was $18 million higher than the second quarter of last year. This growth was largely due to an increase in bushels handled, and merchandise, as well as higher commodity prices compared to the three months ended December 31, 2019. As Bob mentioned, our our bushels handled and traded in the quarter were 700,000 bushels higher than the quarter a year ago. Gross profit for the second quarter was 6.5 million, which was a decrease of 2.8 million compared to Q2 of last year. The year over year decrease was driven by a 3.2 million decrease in net trading margin resulting from the reduced export trading opportunities, as Bob described, which were partially offset by an increase in North America trading volumes and margins. The seed and processing segment contributed 933,000 in gross profit, which is an increase of 588,000 from Q2 of last year. This increase was mainly due to higher bird food and soybean crushed volumes and margins that were significantly better in the quarter than a year ago. Supply chain services had a negative gross profit of 69,000 compared to break-even results a year ago. Lower natural gas liquid volumes transloaded through the Gateway Energy Terminal JV compared to the same quarter a year ago was the primary driver of lower results. 
Our general and admin expenses for the quarter were $3.8 million compared to $5 million in Q2 of last year. The $1.2 million reduction was largely due to lower incentive accruals in the current period. Interest expense of $1.3 million was down from $1.8 million in Q2 of last year. The daily average borrowings on a revolving credit facility were slightly higher year over year. However, the average interest rate on borrowings decreased as LIBOR rates were significantly lower during the period ended December 31, 2020. In addition to the lower LIBOR rates, we also had a smaller outstanding balance on our term loan. Turning to the balance sheet, at the end of the second quarter, we had working capital of $42 million compared to $51 million at June 30, 2020 and debt outstanding on our revolving credit facility was $68.9 million compared to $31.7 million at fiscal year end. This reduction in working capital is primarily related to the cash purchase of the Nicklin facility that closed in Q1, along with our accrual this quarter of the current portion of term debt due in November 2021. Revolving debt increased with the accumulation of harvest inventories and higher grain prices compared to pre-harvest inventories at June 30, 2020. Earlier this week, on February 10th, we amended our revolving credit facility, resulting in an approximate 50 basis point reduction in interest rates with similar covenants and terms in line with our previous facility. This improved and more competitive credit facility was a testament to the execution of our strategy that is driving improvements in our business and results. This concludes my review of the financials. For additional detail on our financial results, please refer to our MDNA. I'll now turn it back to Bob to discuss our outlook for the balance of the year. Bob? Thank you, Jay. The second quarter represented a solid rebound from the start of the fiscal year. While our volumes are usually lower in the third quarter due to seasonal shutdowns in the Great Lakes and Upper Mississippi River, we expect volumes to maintain something closer to our current pace and for markets to continue to be volatile through the fiscal year. One thing we will do to maintain volumes is export product through third-party assets, and we are well-positioned to take advantage of price distortions caused by market volatility. We see commodity values generally remaining strong and volatility high, as increased demand and low-ending inventories from the 2020-21 crop year will likely heighten market reactions to changes in weather as spring planning gets underway. The high rail freight prices we have seen these past several months in the U.S. should subside in spring and summer as China shifts its purchasing activity to South America, likely increasing the competitiveness of U.S. products and Syria's ability to export to the world market. Overall, we don't expect the environment to be particularly predictable or straightforward over the next several months. However, we do believe there will be opportunities. Importantly, we remain focused on diversifying, expanding, and strengthening our business. As you may have seen from yesterday's press release, on Wednesday of this week, we completed the formation of a, joint, of a grain merchandising joint venture with the Farmers Cooperative Grain and Seed Association in Thief River Falls, Minnesota. This JV now owns the co-op's existing grain elevator and related grain merchandising assets in Thief River Falls and has already started the process of adding storage and unit train loading capabilities, which are expected to be completed in the summer of 2022. The formation of Farmers Grain LLC marks a meaningful step in our strategy and effort to increase grower origination in the upper Midwest part of the U.S., specifically of high-protein wheat, and partner with hundreds of growers to deliver value-added solutions to our downstream customers. To capitalize on, this, on the solid fundamentals of the soybean crush business in southern Manitoba, 
And as we discussed on our last two quarterly calls, we are expanding our soybean crush plant in the town of Jordan, Manitoba. The project will increase the plant's capacity by 50%, and we remain on track to complete that expansion during the upcoming summer. In addition, I'm sure everyone has seen the headlines about the Biden administration canceling the Keystone Pipeline project through executive order. Despite that, this is a very fluid situation. The U.S. Senate is split 50-50 between Democrats and Republicans, and the new chairman of the Senate Energy Committee, Senator Joe Manchin, a moderate Democrat, has asked President Biden to reconsider his executive order. Joe Manchin has a tremendous amount of leverage if he wishes to use it since his vote is needed to pass any budget legislation to secure 50 votes in the Senate by Democrats and allow Vice President Kamala Harris to decide a tiebreaker. At this point in time, it is not clear whether Senator Manchin will stand strong on his Keystone Pipeline position. If he does not, cancellation of the pipeline is more positive for Northgate's long-term prospects around handling and loading crude oil by rail. However, more things still need to go our way before this becomes an opportunity at Northgate. Finally, our business development team remains active, and we continue to have a robust pipeline of other growth-based opportunities that we expect to have more to say about in the coming quarters. Thanks to everyone for listening today. I would like to open the call for questions. Operator? At this time, I'd like to advise everyone in order to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. If your question has been answered or wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. And we'll pause for a moment while we compile the Q&A roster. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc and once again if you'd like to ask a question please press star one on your telephone keypad our first question comes from the line of nicole james with kns global go ahead please your line is open good morning gentlemen i have a I have a couple of questions regarding your joint venture you announced this week. First, what percentage of the JV is owned by your subsidiary Riverland? And second, what kind of an impact should we expect this to make on fiscal 2020 results? 2021 results, pardon me. Uh, thank you, Nicole. This is, uh, this is Bob Day. Um, Riverland, uh, which is 100% uh, subsidiary of series, will own 50% of the joint venture. Um, and as far as the 2021, so 2021 fiscal year ending uh, in June of this year, we, we don't expect it'll have a very significant impact uh, on this particular fiscal year. Um, next year will we'll be more impactful as we will have integrated that business um, or you know, let's say partnered with that business you know, fully by that time. And then certainly as we get into the 
beyond June of uh, 2022, and we've added uh, rail loading capacities and storage capacity, it'll have a much more significant impact. Thank you. You're welcome. And again, as a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. And there are no further questions at this time. I'd like to turn the call back over to Mr. Day for some closing remarks. Okay, thank you very much. And thank you everyone for listening. Um, we look forward to continuing to report on our growth and uh, look forward to speaking with everyone next quarter. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.